Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have with me here today, Kathleen Hannigan. So welcome, Kathleen. Oh, thank you, Terry. I'm so glad I, know, I forgot here. to do the intro part of it. We just talked about it, and then I didn't do it. So psychotherapist, shamanic priestess, and author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, that's some of what I do. I, I mean, you know, I guess names, you know, what are those things that we call right. ourselves? That's titles. <laughs> titles, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's 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 a relevant idea because one of the things that that I I write about and I've talked about for years and I actually have a like a picture of it in my book is that our true essence is this beautiful divine child in the center or what I call our love seed, and then there are all these layers like the onion, you know, and yeah. way outside are the roles we play, like you know they're they're not they're not really that connect often connected to that beautiful being inside. And the idea is to get them all connected, you know, that's a beautiful way to look at it. So you just, you just talked about your book. So yeah, talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah. That's been one of the biggest things that I've um, accomplished in the past, you know, I, well, officially finished it last spring, but it was 580 pages because once a psychotherapist for 30 years sits down to write what she knows and <laughs> just do some case studies and, Plus, you know, I've been a seeker for so long that it turned out to be a very big book. And I knew that um, it was too big. And I had a, a, someone guiding me, but I, he, every time I would tell him, David, I think this is, you know, really too long. He'd say, I like big books or, well, look at, you know, um, Autobiography of a Yogi was 520 pages. I said, but he was Yogananda. I'm just me. This is my first book. And he deflected and he wouldn't really address my concerns and I, I wrote to other editors and, and they said, Oh, you'd be a fool to do that. So very interesting. I had to have a divorce from the person who had been guiding me, but whom I had lost trust in. Okay. And um, that was devastating because I was ready to publish the book, but I couldn't feel my joy and excitement about it. And I knew that if I couldn't, then there was something wrong and I had to listen to that. Yeah. And and yet he was telling me something different. And so listening to my gut was like, how could I have written this book about doing such things without doing it, right? Like listening to my own self. So I ended up through a beautiful series of synchronicities finding a wonderful um, editor. And she said, well, you know, what happened? And I said, well, there was a, a breakdown of trust. And... I couldn't co-create with him. And the book is about co-creation. And she said, that's it. You have to have the experience of co-creation in order for the book to be, to carry the energy that you're trying to transmit. So we went through the summer doing that. It was seamless. And um, so there's a second book almost written and has to be worked with. And so the first book came out um, November 1st and it's called Love Seed, the template for birthing a new world. And um, it, what I'm told is you can't read it fast because it's kind of um, substantive. Yes. <laughs> it's not lightweight, and I don't think it is, but it also carries a lot of light. Um, it's just, a, you know, many case studies, um, science, mysticism, spirituality, psychology, and my and my own journey of, of going through deep, very, you know, very dark night of the soul later in life. I mean, I'm going to be 67 in a couple of weeks. So this was in my late fifties, early sixties. It's not that long ago. Um, And I will say that 
in order for me to have written the book that really is about um, connecting and accessing and sourcing from our love seed, that essential nugget of infinite goodness and potential inside of us, um, I lost everything. I, I, I lost my health for a while, my money. Um, I gave up my practice. I got down to, um, not that I went out consciously and did that, Terry, really, right. but it was part of the journey, part of the initiation. And I remember when I realized that, you know, I heard the voice, I heard the critic saying, you're a loser at 61, you know, what, how could you make all the, you know, and I was like, thank you for sharing. I am, I, this is a point of power for me. I, I'm really, everything I need to create the dreams that have lived inside me my whole life is still inside me. I don't need any of that other stuff. Right. Including money at that moment, right? Like I eventually got back my practice and all that, but it's like, that's when I realized what love seed is. And wow. that empowered me to write the book. That's extremely powerful. And I love what you just said of, you know, you don't need all that stuff to make your dreams come true. You find a way. You find a way. You hold them so sacred inside yeah. that when you hear that voice that's saying you can't, you're a fool, you're, that's a too big a risk, or you've made too many mistakes, or it's too late, you're too old, that one. Let me right. tell you about that one. Right. Yeah. Um, you go, mm-hmm. But that's years of witnessing that voice and knowing that it's, well, yeah. you know what, right? It's not the voice of truth. See, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge touter of that with people who I say, if you've always wanted, you know, your PhD, go back to grad school. If you've always wanted to start your own business, do it. You're, you're going to turn 50 anyway. You're going to turn 70 anyway. Yeah. Why not pursue that dream? Why not make it happen? Yeah. And, and yeah, and bring it to life. Um, it's, it's like, you're never going to be fully happy till you do. There's, okay. You know, that, that which is within us wants to come forth. And we've been taught by all the masters in, in the sense that, you know, if, if we don't bring it forth, we have such a deep heartache, you know, and, and that causes, you know, leads to depression and all kinds of oh, things, right, right. you know, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a book or a, like, I'll talk about the retreat center in a minute, but it doesn't have to be like creating a big thing, you know, it, oh. it, though I believe everyone has greatness in them. And, and everyone has their own, what I call original medicine, their own something that no one else has that they can give that the way the light comes through them. It's like you're a prism that the light comes through that is different than anyone or anything else. Yes. You know, I love, that's a beautiful way to look at it too. What popped into my head was my mom's like this diehard Catholic, you know, goes to daily mass and yes. she's a big, uh, like St. Teresa fan. And I, you know, she'd always quote all these saint things to me, but yes. one of the things popped in my head, I guess, I think it was Saint, uh, named after St. Teresa, but it was do little things with great love. And so, yes. yeah, that it doesn't have to be this humongous, you know, this big, like you said, writing a book or, you know, no, it doesn't. Center, but it can be that you're doing something like working with a therapy dog. Yeah. The way that I see that this dog brings to children who are experiencing anxiety or who have had some something traumatic happen in their life yeah. and just note, watching that transition happen from something so simple from them just wrapping their arms around this little this furry labradoodle. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
that that is big. It does become big. That's your medicine. That's in that you and the, and the dog are co-creating this experience for the child. I mean, that is medicine. That is like everything. Total, totos is, me, is medicina. Everything is medicine. That's what we say. And yes. And or like the person who goes out and, um, and you know, there's so much voter registration. You know, trying to keep people from voting, and you go out and you make sure more and more people vote. You know, like that's your medicine. <laughs> you know, and and it, again, it doesn't. It being mother was my medicine for years. And I didn't value it enough back then, but I help a lot of women. A lot of my clients are women and their mothers. And I say, wait a minute, what you're doing now? <laughs> wait a minute. Like, okay, the culture is just not going to value it ever the way it needs to be valued. Right. Well, I won't say ever, but we still live in the patriarchy. But yes. you, you have to, we have to, women have to. And, 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 and not if you're not a working mom, I mean, I had three kids in three years. If I had been a working mom, it would have been, ridiculous you know um but then it changed it changes your medicine changes and you learn so so i i have a lot of women's circles and so if a woman like one of the women in my group has had years of dealing with a neuro neurodiverse child on the spectrum and then the other one has had problems and so she knows a lot about how to help those kids and which and how to have self-care when you have kids like that right now I'm going to be teaching these women how to run groups for other parents like that, right? Like each woman has her own challenge with her own children that she can help others with. Or my, one of my other women has had um, a complex grief, like mom and brother and so many deaths at once, right? Yeah. And she looked around. She came to me. She found me. She needed help. She needed support. We looked in the area. There was nothing around. I, I was appalled, you know, and, right. and, and so she, she ended up joining my women's group, which actually held her enough to go through it. And though it wasn't like a group for complex grief. Right. And now she's thinking, I want to create a group. I know how to help people now, <laughs> you know, this is, it's not, you don't have to have your PhD to do this. Right. This That's is right. not the age of the PhD. This is the age of giving from the heart. Right. Yeah, so many people, and like you and I talked to just a tad before, you know, mm -hmm. we started the podcast um, about those of us who have been through the darkness and then yeah. through, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, you know, being able, like you said, not necessarily, it's almost like we've earned our PhD in trauma. <laughs> like we, we, we have, we've we have our PhD in, in heartache. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so now we're talking, like you just said, from a heart. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Someone, uh, I just did a, a, I'm editing podcast right now and I interviewed um, this beautiful soul um, whose child had died and mm -hmm. so she now runs this, this um, nonprofit organization and she said, you know, her story has given her street cred. She has street cred with other mothers and other parents whose child has died. Yes. More so than the doctors and nurses who are there in that moment right. trying to help them through. That's right. Um, and yeah. so it is that, that, yeah, that street cred. Yeah. Yep. And what, you know, what she went through and what, you know, all of us who've gone through these dark nights uh, go through, we, they're called initiations. They really are. They're passages. And not everybody makes, like, you know, quote unquote, succeeds at the initiation right. or gets to the other side. And, and those who do 
are meant to help those who get stuck. And, you know, I, I have this belief, all right? So I'm only going to share it as a belief, but I it's like really strong in me. And that is that um, the darkness that has been the inheritance of the patriarchy for both men and women, because I work a lot with couples too, and families, this heavy darkness and this ancestral load that we've been carrying, we now know how much it passes through and how suicide comes through families, how everything comes through. And that as we, at, in, in our generation, so I'm, I'm a boomer, so then, and, you know, I, I feel like we're at the forefront <laughs> and the subsequent generations are going to have not as hard a time if we can do our work, that, that we do the work. We're like the trees, like the, the big rooted trees that do the work and then they can stand on our branches and don't have to suffer as much. I, I believe that we're not meant to continue to suffer so much. Right. So I, I, I'm just putting that out as my own. I, it's a I, prayer. I get you. And I, and I understand. And I, I support that because I mm -hmm. think there is a tremendous amount of darkness that's shown to us through social media and, you know, yeah. television and news and which I don't watch. Yeah. It triggers me, but, mm -hmm. um, we're shown so much darkness, but wow, there's a lot of people doing a lot of light work. Um, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like the, like you, you're part of what I call this grid of light and, and I am too. And, and, and I, I shared with you that just three days ago, my two um, dear friends and housemates and I, we've actually been living together planning this. We bought a big, huge log cabin in 50 acres at the top of a mountain. In, in Virginia, in the Shenandoah, overlooking the valley. And that is going to be called the Love Seed Retreat Center. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we've had this idea, and I, you know, for a long time, but many, many other people all over the world, because I tuned into a network of people for a while that we were kind of supporting one another. Israel, Australia, all, like creating sanctuaries in nature, right? Also, you know, some could be urban oasis too, but but really the power of nature being out and, 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 and resonating with nature is so healing. It's like years of meditation and just a few oh, hours, you know? Sure. I don't and know then, if you've heard, I don't know if you've heard this term, but my, a therapist friend of mine said recently, she said, Terry, I just heard this and I so thought of you because you know, you're out in nature and you take the hikes with, with Sammy all the time. But she said, uh, it's called taking nature bath. And I said, I love that concept of yeah. just immersing yourself into nature yeah. as if yeah. taking a bath and letting it just, you know. We speak. are nature. We, we are. Like, yeah. we are it. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, and I know you're a gardener. When you put your hands in the dirt and you're moving a plant around or you're, you're you know, planting it, it's like, that's an ex like you are alive and it's alive and the earth is alive and you're yeah. all connected through life, you know, and, and this kind of awareness is, you know, we have it, it, it's simulated with the internet, you know, it's actually the internet has, I, I've, uh, many times I'll talk about the, the struggles that the internet create for families and all that. And I could get into that, but I still want to say that the connection that we have with the internet is part of what's making this grid of light possible. Yes. And um, we just have to use it wisely and not use it in lieu of connection, right? Like this is not really connection. It's, you know, telling you I'm going to meet you there or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, but um, I just, you know, 
so my, I will tell you that my whole life, I, I am the oldest of, of seven children. So I have six, five younger sisters and, and a younger brother. And you, it's kind of obvious that I was set up to be a leader of women. <laughs> um, uh, but I could have shirked that if I wanted to, I suppose, but and it worked out that way. And it's, it's natural for me. And I have been doing that for a long time. I also love working with men and I work with couples and men are coming around. But I will say that when, whether it's in a couple or in a family or anywhere, when a woman steps into her power, things start changing. Yes. That's, that, that's what makes the biggest difference. And, yeah. and then she, they, often men will change for the better as a result. And if they don't, then that's, a, that's another thing. Right. <laughs> um, but because a man who won't uh, celebrate a woman in her power is not someone that, you know, that's kind of the old guard, right? Um, but that's been the powerful thing I've, I've witnessed more and more in my life and become such a part of. But I, I, I started doing it 30 years ago before – you know, before the Dalai Lama in 2009 said the Western woman will save the world. And he did say that. And he said that because um, we have the heart and we have the ability. Yes. We have the capability to do it. And I feel it to be a, um, not, not a burden at all, to tell you the truth. I feel it to be a great honor. Yes. Um, and um, it can become a burden if, and, and we talked about this, if, those of us who are doing um, the work and getting ourselves out there to help others, if we don't take good care of ourselves, then it becomes a burden. Right. And, and almost like, like um, the, the mother that guilts her children, <laughs> you know, the martyr, you know, oh, and, right, right. you know, but when you, when you get behind, when you really connect to that part of you that wants to be the change and, and make a difference in this world and you start moving everything in your life in that direction, you know, like let love lead. It's so much more powerful than getting caught up in the, in the craziness that's out there. Right. And, and because I do live in DC and work in DC and have a lot of people, clients from the government, I do know what's going on. I, I do keep up with the news. It would be hard to be, to, to work here and not know. So I don't put my head in the sand, but I take it, I step back a lot from it and yes. I don't believe most of it. I just, you know, there's some stuff we find out is fact, but it's hard to know what's true and what's not true. So all of that can make us and does make us extremely anxious. Right. You know, and there's more and more anxiety, oh. and more and more people exhibiting trauma because as the anxiety of the culture escalates, the trauma that's already in people and if, if not earlier, at least by midlife, there's a rumble. Yes. And, but there are so many ways to work with that now. Right. And, and that's what's so beautiful. I mean, breath work, brain spotting, plant medicine, you know, so many different ways. Even that's becoming, it will be legal soon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, and that's sort of my message is, Whatever's going on, find a guide to help you. And it's not just about talking. You know, it, no. it's about embodying that energy that says, I want to be part of the change. Let me do the work to clear what's in the way. 
Yes. You know? and, that, and that's why I love this podcast is because I bring, I bring so many amazing people on who are doing incredible work like yourself yep. who help other along their healing journey. Um, and it's not just, there is no cure all for people, you know, no. people will reach out and say, you know, how did you do it? How did you make it through? And I'll say, well, you know, I, I started, I did EMDR therapy, which was yeah. very healing for me. However, I also, as I went through that process, started to fill my toolbox with Ho'oponopono Hawaiian healing. Oh, Ho'oponopono. Um, yes. yes. One of my favorites. One yes. of my favorites. Yes. I mean, I do that. I practice that, you know. All the time. Yes, I do All practice it. I was yeah. practicing it yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, like you said, breath work. And, and one of the one of the things about breath work, and I've talked about it before, but I, I want to say it again, is I, because I experienced severe panic attacks for over 25 years, um, I was very uncomfortable with breath work when I'd be with therapists and they'd say, you know, talk about breathe. Yeah. I couldn't do it personally because I was... I was not comfortable in my own body and breath work brought attention to the fact. Yeah. It brought attention yeah. to my body. Yes. So yeah. I had to do other work first. First. To learn first. To be You're so right. You're so right. I, I never do breath work right away. You yeah. right, Terry, you have to build a container yeah. first that can be capable of the power of the breath moving in the body and yes. you have to get in the body first because if you're finding out you have a body by doing breath work it's a big deal right? oh, yeah, <laughs> like, I had dissociated so much from my trauma that was yeah. my mo I you know I would I would put, like leave my body and be like oh that's happening to another little girl that's not happening to me I, I, I wasn't exactly. comfortable being in my body so yeah I love that idea of building yeah. a container yeah to build the container you know what else works? Gardening, gardening, yes. being nature. in nature. Yeah. One of one of my most beloved tools is five rhythms dance, and I I recommend it for clients. And often I'll see some of them there. It's this free form dance that has five rhythms to it, and you go through from um, flowing to staccato to chaos, and you just let out whatever is in you. You you know you're so free, and then you get to lyrical, and then to stillness. And I've literally released whatever, I, you know, I tell you the truth. I don't get too many big things, you know, big dramas coming in my face anymore, except my own little family, you know, my kids, you know, right? Like fam family, Ho'oponopono family all the time. But, <laughs> but like, other than that, I don't get the big ones, but whatever's going on, like, I'll just, it'll come out. And the, the DJ is always wonderful. She'll say, let go of that week. You know, it's Friday night and we just... You know, so that has helped me and a lot of people stay in our bodies. And, you know, I love it. So, gonna, I'll have to have you have me teach it to me or direct me to somewhere where I can learn it. Look it up because you may have somebody nearby that does it. And yeah. um, I, it's 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 international. Gabrielle Roth had discovered it and she was a dancer and it's to this beautiful music. And, you know, what I see there are old and young, heavy and thin men and women of every gender and no gender. It's so diverse of every ethnicity. We all end up there dancing together and it's lovely. And, and you're just like smiling through two hours of smiling, walk, moving past bodies, sweating, making sounds when it gets to chaos. It's like, ah, you know, everybody can let go. This is really healthy. Right. This is really healthy. And 
it's terrifying to many people to even be that free if you've been traumatized. Because, yeah. you know, you know that. You couldn't have done that before, you know. So you don't start with that. But, but somebody could actually go through a whole healing transformation process using five rhythms alone. I mean, if you have the right guidance, that could, it could do it. So it, again, everybody has their own medicine to offer. And then when you're healing, you have to find what your medicine is. Like, you know, a good practitioner will, you'll resonate with that person. And, you, you know, even just now, if you read the web website, lots of people will read my website and go, I don't know, there was something about what you said here that I knew that you could help me. Okay. And, and they present maybe, you know, some family issue and it's hardly ever what, what you present, you know, there's usually a deeper thing. And, and it's so, I, I'll tell you, I feel so blessed, Terry, to be like, I only get better at what I do. So there's no retiring, you know, right. and, and I feel so blessed and honored because it keeps me, I have to walk my talk, right? Like I have to walk my talk. But I remember this happened a few weeks ago and uh, a woman had, she only, I only see her now and then and she's a big corporate person and it's really a big thing that she's in therapy, you know, and she's, you know, not a vulnerable person at all. Right. And she asked for a session and I stayed an extra hour and we had the session and, and she told me about the scariest time of her life and what had happened and how she had, thought about and she had kids she was thinking about checking out but she didn't because of the kids and, and she cried yeah. and and then she looked up and she said i've never told anybody that before and and i and she saw that i was crying too and because i have mirror neurons i'm going to feel that you know yeah. and but not sad crying just like poignant crying you know yeah. and um and we anyway we we hugged and we we laughed and all that and she said and i and i it was about seven o'clock seven thirty at night and i sat down in my chair and i said thank you thank you that was such an honor like that was important for her to tell that story and i was the one she told it to right and i i, I was overwhelmed with like gratitude for having been shown this path to help people because it's, it's healing for me. Yes. You know, I certainly, I certainly find healing in it as well. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm that person that, you know, puts all of my truth out there on Facebook and my poor friends and family have been inundated <laughs> oh, with. Oh, please. <laughs> right. I know. But how many people have reached out to me privately and said, yeah. thank you for your truth. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and then opened up to me about, you know, Oh my gosh, me too, or oh my gosh, this and yeah, um, yeah, and I feel it's, honored. I guess yeah, sharing the self, a yeah. very important part of of being um, a therapist or a healer like yourself. It's like sharing your own story. Yeah, um, that's why in in the book it's very revealing, and you know, therapists are supposed to be like, you know, well, and I don't adhere to that anyway, but um, <laughs> you know, I think that the most powerful moments of healing have always been when I shared something and um, long ago, long ago, right? 30 years ago, 35 years ago, when I was um, in graduate school, I, the kids were still young and I was now um, 
in Columbia Graduate School, becoming a licensed clinical social worker. And um, I, we had to do group therapy, and I was, I was attracted to psychodrama, which was more of an enactment kind of therapy. And I went to a psychodrama group, and what I learned is that um, Jacob Marino, he, he had people reenact things so that they would get out of their head. And that um, he had said that real healing happens in the real relationship between two people. So that even when you have a therapist and a client, right? And there's a thing called transference, you yeah. know, where the um, sometimes happens, you know, not always, but quite often. And uh, the, the person transfers mom or dad or, you know, sister, whatever, onto the therapist. That may happen. But, and that could take years if you want to work that through. But, and that's what, you know, psychoanalysis is about, like a right. lot of years on the couch. But he said the real healing takes place between the two real people, the real relationship, not the transference. The therapist really caring about the person and the person realizing that and receiving that. So it's like what he said is love heals, right? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that happens when you say, you know, I'm sorry, or um, I, I know I've been there. You know, I've, I've felt that shame too, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, you see that doesn't take a PhD to do, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's that street cred thing. That's like, right. Like yeah. you said, like the uh, wonderful person that you had um, spoken with about, you know, like, so that's that our wounds, our ordeals are, are really our passage, our, our, our PhD to the, to becoming a healer. Yeah. And that's based on the wounded healer archetype yeah. um, that our wounds are what show us how to help others, which is, it's not just an idea. It's real. You know? Right. It's and really I talk real. about honoring one another's story. And I think that's similar to what you're just saying is yeah. that you must, yeah. the psychotherapist, whether it's a psychotherapist, you know, listening to someone or whether it's me receiving a private message or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. if, if we honor that other person's story. And as we start to honor each other's stories, this world is just going to become more beautiful. It's going to be become more trauma informed and more healing. And yeah. Um, yeah. because while all of our stories are different in so many ways, they're the same. Yeah. Um, and when they're received by someone else, you yeah. know, when you, when someone is a mirror, that's a lot of what I write about in the book is that our love seed needs to be reflected back. Yeah. Like we, yeah. We, need, we need to share our stories of pain and we need, to, and then we can move on and we can share our stories of our magnificence. Right. Yeah. And, but if, if, if you can't hear my pain, you know, I might not be safe to show you my magnificence. Right. right. <laughs> um, and, and so it's this, the whole, um, idea of what healing is has changed yeah. and and now with you know the work of ace with where the kids are being treated early and identified i mean god i would have been way high on the ace scale oh yeah you know um and, and it's just a miracle that you know i i you know <laughs> i i had i had my i had a lot of good stuff too so i found my way and yeah. I had a grandmother. You know, a lot of people get saved by a grandmother. 
my grandmother, my grandma <laughs> Kitty. She's uh-huh. My, uh-huh. my reason for resilience. I mean, I think That's right. know, people say, holy crap, Terry, how did you make it through all of that? I say, my grandma Kitty. She was my grandma and kind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm a grandmother now, and, and it is really, you know, that's what I say, too. You know, as we age, staying relevant is really important. And whether you have grandchildren or not, often it's really just good to find a way to be around little ones, you know, when you're, because you, you could be that grandmother to somebody that they say, there was this lady that made all the difference, you know. Oh, my heart. <laughs> you don't know. Um, it's just very sweet yeah <laughs> I know right or I mean I had a client once you know she she it was so bleak you know like mom dad alcohol everything no yeah. no nurturance right and she had to go in the hospital once I don't know if it was her tonsils or something but um and she was lying on the gurney and a nurse came along and she took her hand in her hand and she said your hands are so dry here and she um, cream on them, rub them in. She said, that changed her life. That amazing. Yeah. So, oh, you mean that could happen? You don't have to be a nurse to do that, right? That, that's the biggest message I want to give people is that you, everyone has something so powerful and beautiful to offer yeah. and to hold the intention that you, if you don't know what it is, that it gets clear. And if you do, then go find a way to give it. Go listen. Go be a best, better listener to your partner tonight. Right? <laughs> Just being a better listener would be, like, like you said, that would change the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, but one of my questions is that, you know, are there any truths or, or myths that you want to talk about? Um, yeah. yeah. There's one that's really, um, I when I got it, it, made all the difference and I try to teach everybody. First of all, there are some archetypes that are universal. Archetypes are these like overarching qualities of um, what it means to be a human being. And um, they're victim archetype, for instance. Everybody has a victim archetype because everybody has been at some point or will be victimized, right? So you can go there. Everybody can go there. Everybody has a child, a wounded child, right? Everybody has a prostitute, which doesn't have to do with sex. It has to do with um, smiling when you're angry or or doing something that you don't want to do, right? Like agreeing to something you don't really mean to agree to, right? Like because you're too afraid or you, you know, you're staying in a relationship that, you know, isn't good for you, but you're afraid to leave, right? So there's that part. But there's another one, the fourth one called the uh, inner critic. We all know that. It's universal. I think in North America, it's on steroids. Um, <laughs> I do think it's worse here. I know I've lived in South America. It's not as bad down there. And which is really sad, but it, it is what it is. And therefore, we have to become masters. The voice of the inner critic is never the voice of truth. Never. It is a made up story it's ingested it's installed it's could be from the culture from religion from parents for from whatever it's attempting to keep you small to keep you safe so it'll tell you you're a loser so you won't go on that endeavor that you had you know had been dreaming about and 
if you remember that it's not the voice of the truth, then you can start to, you, you can't make it go away, but you start developing the, the voice of the compassionate witness that goes, thank you for sharing, but you know, we're going to do it anyway. Sorry. <laughs> and, and so that's a really important thing. I think when people get that and, 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 um, you can even give it a name if you want and put it outside your head, name, name it Claude or whatever, you know, um, Melba. I have a client that named her inner critic Melba. She's like, she says, Melba tell me, tells me I'm really a, a loser lately. And I said, what'd you say? You know, she said, well, uh, you know, eh, I know I need to get going on this project. So I, I was thinking there was some truth to it, but I, if I just get going, I won't be a loser. You know, like, right. so, <laughs> and, you know, that's a really important one. And, I think the other thing is that self-compassion goes a long way. Like it, it's so important to, to learn how to be compassionate toward the self, which is really what Ho'oponopono is about, yeah. um, is very, very healing. And it's what allows you to sustain compassion for others. So it, it's actually comes before compassion for others. Oh. Agreed. It needs to. Yes. It needs to. So, um, and the and the other myth is that that we can't heal from that. Like there's irrevocable damage. I don't think so. I I mean I uh, short of the brain being you know um, like a part of the brain being damaged or something, but um, you know there's always room for transformation. Yes. We we're so resilient. We're meant. We're part of nature. And when you cut a, a, a branch, it will heal over and it will grow. And that's natural for us to heal and grow. It's, it's just the way we're, we are, you know. Right. And, and, and the idea is to make, you know, the conditions good so that that will happen. Yeah. And, you know. Two, two things popped into my head when you were talking about that was, one, brain plasticity studies, you know, and it's showing yeah. how, um, even if we do have trauma, you know, adverse childhood experiences and, yeah. and we've had like my resulting panic attacks, yeah. I always thought I was just going to be quote unquote broken. Yeah. Things had happened and I was forever impacted by it and there was nothing I could do about it. And then, you know, as I started on this healing journey and discovering so much and reading everything I get my hands on and, you know, like the body yeah. score and, you know, yeah. whatever, all these books. Yeah. And then brain plasticity studies and realize, no, I, the brain is malleable. The brain is changeable. And so we can yeah. create new habits and we can do, um, you know, have different thinking patterns. And really? yeah. nature, I mean, very healing. And new pathways, literally yeah, new pathways. New neuron pathways, like actual new neuron yeah. pathways. Yeah. Yeah. To have them firing. It's called a memory reconsolidation. Now we understand how it works and, yeah. and how like EMDR works and all that. Right. And, and you know what, Terry, all of that research didn't happen until the early nineties. And so we, up until then, you know, and I started practicing in 89, right. And it's, it's a year Prozac came out. And I will say that the effect of big pharma on on healing has been disastrous. Yeah. It's I that I won't I can really go off on that. I'm I'm just gonna be like zip because I take yeah. no meds. I take zero meds and I refuse. And there are 
some people that need it, but what most of the people on the medication. In fact, the person, the doctor, Francis, who, you know, spearheaded the DSM, he's the biggest spokesperson against it right now. Of all, he, says, he said it's bullshit to try to diagnose mental illness because so many different symptoms of trauma can look like ADHD, yes. can look like bipolar. Can, and so we have to, it is what it is, right? It is what right. it is. But I saw that happen and I saw it change people. Yeah. And there's now it's a beautiful, um, much more of a return, I think, to the natural taking nature back. And and then there's also a second psychedelic renaissance using beautiful, um, you know, uh, mushrooms and ayahuasca and plant medicine and all kinds of well, CBD um, oil, CBD know? oil um, that's so powerful. So using plants in that way. Right. Um, they'll, you know, Denver just legalized psilocybin yesterday, I heard, but it, um, it's, so they're, I'm kind of in the forefront of all that right now of, you know, um, studying this and being prepared for it and even le getting legal, you know, legal ability to do that because as we've changed as human beings with internet and our pace and the pace of life being what it is, you know, 10 years, four week times a week on the couch isn't going to cut it. Right. You know, and you can have these experiences and they are life altering and literally changing the brain for the better. So um, that's sort of my new frontier that I'm yeah. uh, playing with right now. And I always mix it with the shamanic with, you know, being connected to the earth and, and then we have the retreat center. So my summer is going to be spent furnishing and making a, a retreat center. Beautiful. Right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so exciting. I love it. And my son is in Denver, so oh, <laughs> that's like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need. I think people need to learn how to to to, to use it. Like, not you know, to use it medicinally is a whole other thing to, than to use it recreationally. And um, and that's I think. Uh, and it was very powerful in the fifties and sixties. And then Timothy Leary had the big counterculture, and the government realized, oh they're figuring everything out, you know, and then it went, it went underground, but um, it's back. And yeah. um, in, in ironically at the same time that, you know, white supremacy and all that. So there's like this polarity at this time and, and to be a healthy person at this time, you have to walk between it. You know, you have to, you know, you can't deny the darkness. You can't deny all that, but you've got to really strengthen the part that, is, is growing in the light, you know? Um, I, my, my cholesterol was, was creeping up recently and my doctor, um, you know, she knows, she knows how I am. She said, what are you, you know, what are you going to do? She was like, you know, my, I want to give you a prescription. And she, I was like, you know, I'm not going to take a pill for it. Don't throw a pill at it. No. So, uh, I took some flaxseed oil and started, um, eating, you know, avocado. I started eating a lot of, I researched, you know, fats. Yeah. What's going to bring down the triglycerides and the, you know, the bad cholesterol and increase the good cholesterol. And so, you know, obviously exercise, starting to step it up, join the gym so I could get in the pool. And yeah. so did all that. And then I said, let me check it in three months. Let me do it my way and check it in three months, went back and she was like, all right, you're right. It, you're fine. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> this is right. The plants, the plants, Yeah. you know, it, it's so, 
I'm so um, grateful that yeah, I work with a lot of young people, a lot of millennials, and they're they're getting it. They're they're kind of reach, understanding that there's a need to return. Um, that's yeah. a big message I have to them. Like, don't get too digitalized. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget nature. You know. Right. So yeah, we live in such beautiful, powerful times, Terry. Yeah, I love it, and I love the awakening that's happening. It's powerful. I've never seen so many people coming in 30 years coming and saying, um, I'm in crisis, this is going on, and I know it's my wake-up call. You know, like 30 years ago, people were just in crisis. They didn't know about the wake-up call. It was sort of, I, I didn't know, I knew, but they didn't know. Right. But, but now people are coming and saying that, right? It's like, you know, it, and so I, I think, like I've waited my whole life to be where we are now. Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 All right. So I have to throw at you my favorite question. Sure. Um, which is if you could meet anyone dead or alive to help you with your continued journey, who would it be? Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Very that's a great answer. And I'm just gonna intervene for just one second, only because my daughter, who I've talked about. You know, she's 12, and she said, um, we were driving in the car the other day. Now, she goes to a parochial school, and um, but she's, she's also a questioner. Like, yeah, you really know the Bible stories are true, because a lot of them are made up, and they're parables to help us understand. And I love it that this kid's a deep thinker. Yeah. But she, she was just like, you know, I think Mary had a much more important role in Jesus, Mary Magdalene you know, Jesus's life, you know, like she was probably his best friend. And, you know, so she went on this whole thing about Mary's role in Jesus's life. And, um, exactly. We had a very deep talk about it. So, yeah, I believe so too. I believe they're both, you know, yogis and mystics and, and that, um, you know, when, when Jesus, um, multiplied the, the loaves and the fish, right. And he said that you can do this too. He was telling us that we have within us the capacity to manifest, literally make matter real, like materialize things. And we do. And there's already an inexhaustible supply of energy on the planet that can be harnessed that, you know, is being kept undercover because what will that do to the oil industry? And like he said that. And we can. But we, and the way to do that, I've read a lot about it. Um, and it's about having a vision, like really high in the field of infinite possibility. And then bringing your vibration down to the level of what it is you want to manifest and knowing how to do that. And that's how we create anything. Yeah. I'm that's a big Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer fan. And so, yeah. He yep. has a meditation that I was doing daily. I haven't done it for a while. I need to get back to it. But it was, you know, a manifestation meditation. Yep. And it was yep. Of, yep. Oh, like the sounds and right. It was about vibration. Yeah. And we want what we want to do is materialize it, which means that we realize it in matter, right? Yeah. Which means we embody it. So it starts out here, like the vision, the dream, right? The dream of. Um, becoming a healer, the dream of creating a retreat center, the dream of, you know, having a, um, a therapy dog, whatever it may be. And then 
we need to, and then the focus comes in. So this is like the feminine, and then the masculine function comes in and brings it down to earth. So this is like what, this is sacred geometry, you know, all those things Jesus knew about. And I would want to talk to both of them and about sacred sexuality and how to use that even more powerfully for healing, for not just ourselves, for the planet. So I think they knew that stuff, right? Yeah. I think they did. So (laughs) how that would be. (laughs) I know, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, anything else that you want to touch on or talk about that we haven't we haven't I haven't even looked at the clock. We're well, hour. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I know. We just kind of we're on a roll. Well, I I'm going to like um I want people to know that, you know, eventually there'll be a page that they can your listeners can get my book at a discount. So, I'll, okay. I'll put up a page for that and you were going to send it out. Um and if anybody wants to get in touch, you know, on that um www.kathleenhannigan.com. Um, that's K A T H L E E N H A N A G A N. And um, my book is called Love Seed The Template for Birthing a New World. And uh, if anybody reads it, please write a review. Let me know how it affected you because it's, uh, it's my gift of love to the world. I, you know, it's just, I tapped into a lot of love to write it. Right. So. <laughs> I'm in the middle, or I guess you should say, at the end of finishing up mine and mm. my manuscript, and um, I get it. Like, so beautiful. Yeah. You want to hear? I, it's right in front of me, so I'm going to read it. And so this is encouragement for you or for anybody who knows that their medicine is is a writer. Okay. All right. Um, and it's this is an affirmation. I got it from my publisher. My message and my words are worthy and bless everyone who reads them. I honor the calling of my soul and share my ideas with courage and kindness, wrapping my signature vibration around every word I write. Oh, that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Signature vibration is your original medicine. You wrap it around every word. Yeah. Yeah, that makes you want to write, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have to go finish that chapter. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, thank you. This has been so delightful. I, you know, I could talk forever about oh, these things. Oh, me too. I like we could sit here and talk for another couple hours and write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I hope it, it you know helps somebody, many, you know, um, yes. and you know that you can no matter where you are, you can transform, you can, you can change for the better. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what a beautiful yeah. message. And I just want to thank you one first for, for all the work you're doing in helping others along their healing journey and shining your light of hope. Um, and yeah, and for joining me here today. And thank you. It's an honor. Beautiful message. So, yes. Yeah. Much love. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. I'm going to do a little close out. So hold on one second, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye.